It is time for our good friend, Master Gardener Barb Lampson. So gardening with Barb and Karen, here we go, Barb. You know, uh, I don't know, is the ground frozen yet? I know you've got a, a thermometer. Can you stick it in the ground anymore, or is it not frozen yet? Oh, it isn't frozen hard yet, no. Oh, so, so is it okay for me to, to mulch it, or should I still wait? Because the reason I don't mulch is because yeah. I don't want those little varmints in there making, you know, right. holes under the ground and wrecking my roots. So I was thinking to do it this weekend, but maybe not. You know, I'm still waiting. It, you know, we could get a real hard frost, and then the frost would go deeper. Because normally we would have that by now. Right, right. It would be, you know, easily six inches deep. Yeah. But it, but it's not, I can so tell you, you that So you could still much. plant bulbs, technically. Yes, you could. You could, actually. But you know what I thought, Karen? What? <clears throat> we should celebrate, because you and I both said this. We had so much to do this fall. Yes. We, we had we had bulbs to plant. We, you know, all these things that you do in the fall. And it just seemed like nature tricked us because it stayed really warm. Yes. And we thought we have more time, more time. But then all of a sudden we didn't. And That's here, the way it is all the time. I know. But we, we did it, didn't we? Well, you know, I was really excited because this is probably one of the first times I've finished pretty much everything I thought I needed to do. I mean, there's always things I can do, but right, yeah. Right, right. I felt the same way, Karen. I thought, oh my gosh. And then I was sick for a while and yeah. I thought, oh, you know, I can't be sick. I got to get out. I got to do this. Yep. And, <laughs> um, and of course, David helped me. And, and that was really, really good. So he was digging holes for my tulips and I was dropping them in and burying them. And together, it didn't take really very long. But <clears throat> there isn't a lot of design involved. You just yeah. sort of, well, you know, the thing is with, with those sorts of things, tulips and things, you, you know, it's just nice to have like flushes of them or, right. or, or, you know, so it's okay if it doesn't have any specific, you know, there's some you see that where there's like colors here and colors there, but we just like that natural look. Yes, I agree. And here's the thing. They last a very short time. If you get blooms for maybe 10 days in that one spot, I mean, it just adds so much interest to your garden. Plus, it makes you feel so good to look out and see that color. Yes. And, and these beautiful tulips, I don't care if they only last one season, I'll keep planting tulips until I'm a hundred if I live that long. I've been planting more daffodils though because the deer and the squirrels don't bother them and so they and they just keep coming back too. They do and that's really good but I just I don't know it's something about those big tulips when they start opening up slowly and you you haven't seen them and now they're variegated you know and you just think Wow, that's even more beautiful than the picture was. Say, did I, I told you, uh, my, maybe I didn't tell you this one, about I bought a bunch of tulips when I was up at Bachman's because... Yes, you told me, <clears> a they bargain. Were, they were 40% off, but a bargain's not a bargain if your danged old bulbs don't grow. So right. when, I plant, when I planted them, they were all dried out. So when I pushed them in the ground, they just, bloop, they just broke apart. Oh. So that was disgusting so I actually wrote them a letter I haven't heard back from them I you know I put it in the mailbox so it was an old style letter but I thought you know a a place like that is reputable but obviously these had been sitting out and they dried up and because these are tiny bulbs they're so tiny you know so like the bigger ones probably wouldn't have dried out that much right because they don't they have more substance to them so I was really disappointed so I would be disappointed too you know any of these spring flowering bulbs uh, it takes work 
you dig up your soil, you improve yeah. your soil, you're hoping they're going to last a long time, more than one season. And and when that happens... I wasted all that time and energy and money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I'm hoping they'll at least decide to, I don't know, reimburse. I mean, not that they cost that much because they were on sale, but still. You know, that's just, it's like anything. If you had a plant and it was there and it was dying, you wouldn't put it on sale and think somebody's going to buy it. You'd know they're not going to buy it. And here's a bulb. I mean, it still looks fine unless you examine it closely and, and find out if it's still nice and firm. And, you know, I should have tried it, but we were in a hurry because, you know. Jeff, At a sale. Yeah, and the Jeff and the boys were, were like, we got to get going. I'm like, oh, okay, so I just grabbed some bags and threw them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so that was, that. and another time I had where I bought it at a big box store, uh, uh, like 45 daffodil bulbs, and probably a third of them were just mush. So I basically took it back, and they gave me my money back. So yeah, yeah. it's another case where, buyer beware, you just got to be careful. Yeah. When you love to grow things and you see something and it's much cheaper than what you normally would pay, it's very tempting to say, oh, yeah, forty-five, fifty more, I can get those. And that, yeah. no time at all, I'll do that, price is right, yeah. And then... No. So do you, I don't know if you get this one or not, but uh, somebody else posted on Facebook, another garden friend of mine, but you know it came in the mail yesterday? The David Austin Rose Catalog. That is one of the most beautiful catalogs just to look at. And they usually have some featured. So it's like a like actually reading a book, but mm-hmm. of course they're selling beautiful roses. So in there this time they had ideas for companions to put with these roses. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because I was reading one of my garden magazines and it said, I'm almost tempted to put in 45 or 50 David Austin roses. They are so gorgeous. And and it was just a comment from someone, but I'm not going to do that. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? You must have... Acres. Yeah, and, and lots of help. That's, you know, planting roses takes a bit. Although, and improving you know, the soil takes a bit. These are the, the bare root roses, which I, you know, a lot of people shy away from because that looks like a dead stick mm-hmm. when you get it. But I've had really good luck with them. Yeah. And honestly, Barb, I was looking at it and there's two different varieties in there. I'm trying to decide between one's a lighter pink and one's a darker pink. Okay. And so I was looking and I thought, well, and they're both, you know, they're zone four, which I feel a little right. safer about. So I was thinking I should order three. Oh, there you go. And then I thought, where should I plant them? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, uh, you can you can do a, a grouping, a really rather, you know, which would be really dramatic uh, to have a, a grouping of three. True. And then have something real low in front of that. That that would be nice. I actually, in one of my gardening magazine that I get, uh, this gal was saying that you know how much she she loved uh, roses and and she was she was so tempted to you know just put in a whole slug of them yeah. but she was going to do less and she said too bare root these bare root ones are really good yep. so you know I'm tempted to do that too although and they're uh, a lot less expensive too yeah and you know but here's the and thing and shipping where am I going to plant them they really do need full sun. They absolutely, although there are some in that, that catalog you look and they'll say, can, we'll do okay in part shade. So, yeah. You know, uh, there's two of the David Austins that were advertised that have the pink blooms on them. Well, there's a lot of pink ones, but yeah. Yeah, and there's this one I was looking at 
has the single petals. It's not it's not a floribunda. Okay. It's, it's just a single petals round. And sometimes that's a really nice one to get because they're covered with roses. You don't look at you know, big rows, your smaller rows, but, but they're covered. They look really, really good. Because they have so many flowers on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I think I would prefer that. Well, I'm going on several years now with that. I had that James Galway that's a climbing one that I have across that big arch in my, my yard, and it's still going gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to make sure I, I mulch it because I've been doing that yeah. just in case. But And it'll be interesting to see because it was a really dry year. I did water them, but... Who knows? Did you see the article in the Free Press this morning about the Christmas trees? I didn't read the Free Press Well, yet. they're talking about the drought and high demand has been hitting the Christmas tree farms and the sales lot saying that, that sales are ending a lot earlier because the supply is so low because of the issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's the kind of thing when you're a farmer, my dad always said, when you're a farmer, you're a gambler because you're relying on the weather and you say, well, I'm going to plant this. this is going to be my best year. And maybe it's not. Yeah, right. You know, if you're growing Christmas trees, that is a very time-select type of crop. Labor-intensive. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And if you had to water them all summer long, that's really quite an expense. Yeah, Yeah, it's no wonder they're expensive. Yeah, you looked at, you. we were talking earlier about the cost, and you said you saw one that was how much for like a... It was $459 for a six-foot balsam... Fur? Fur, wow. right. Right. And I thought, are you kidding me? And how many days would you have that in your house? Maybe, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. That's a terrible cost. But I know, you know, being the people who grow them, I, I understand with how many years and the work that went yeah. into that, that I see that it's worth it. But, you know, if you've got the money, I guess go for it. But And, and you know, maybe if you're a nonprofit, or any kind of a uh, corporate business or a business, you need a fresh tree, and you can't just put some little scrawny thing in. You've got to have something that's big and lush and decorated, just loaded with lights and decorations and things like that. So I, I can understand where there's a market for them, and, of course, that's why they keep why we have these expensive ones. The normal family's not going to put something like that up. I have a listener who texted saying um, about the David Austin roses. Will they work in a pot? And yes, they will. In the catalog, there are some, they've got little, little uh, what do they call it? A little legend, like a map legend that say, mm-hmm. you know, this is good for flowering. This is good for health. This is good for fragrance. There's also one that says these are good in a pot because some of them are like three feet tall and, and that sort of thing. The key is, though, to make sure that it's a good size pot and that you keep it watered. Yeah, right. When you do something like that, it's a, a perennial and it's been outside. Boy, when you bring it in, you want to really take extra care, wash the leaves really well, and make sure that you're not bringing in any diseases or insects. Would you bring that in? Because if it's hardy in your zone, I would probably just bury the pot. Leave it in the garage so it can't freeze and thaw. I don't know. Right. If I had one that was designed to be outside and it had been outside, I'd take it out of the pot and I would plant it directly in the soil. Yeah. I'd water it in really good. And if you think you need to put it in a pot again, next year you could take it out. Sure. But I would do that plenty early before it breaks dormancy. Yeah, Yeah. good point. 
Hey, speaking of putting things on the ground, now this is the first year I've tried this, so I guess the the, the jury's still out on whether this will work. I have I had some container hostas, some seedlings mm. that I had in these beautiful pots, and now I don't want the pots to crack. So if you just leave them out and they they can crack. So I yeah. buried them in the ground barm. Okay. So I'm going to see how that works. Buried in the ground, mulched. And they're glass. They're the they're ceramic. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we'll see. <laughs> You know, know, I've never done that, burying the whole thing. They uh, could. I just don't know. It depends. You know, if if it's wet, if we have rain now, or if we have snow and then it melts, yeah. and the soil is wet, and then we get a frost, and that freezes, they could crack. Yeah. Well, I did put the, you know, I know the one thing they do say, the concern is that they don't get crown rot, which is when water sits on top. So I did plant them at a, a slant, on a slant. So I Sure. But we'll see. The, the jury's out. I may be dumb and, and, and uh, may have to buy a new pot, which they're expensive, by the way. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I love beautiful pots. Some plants, um, while they're really attractive on their own, getting them in the right pot and the right color is really, really nice. I like the blue pots, ceramic pots that the, you have the, here. Oh, the bright blue glazed. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. Aren't they beautiful, though? Yeah. And so expensive. I have a couple that are just like that. And I have them in my greenhouse, and when the sun is shining in there, and the foliage is just so shiny in that, and then this this glaze, this blue glaze, it just sparkles. I mean, the whole thing looks like it's joined together. It's have you thing. noticed, you know, pots went in the old old days, whatever that is nowadays, but, you know, it used to be the terracotta, the ones that look like the, the clayish color. Sure. There are so many that it's almost like you plant art and you put art in your garden with those pots and you can design with them. It's it's so many, there's so many varieties now. But that's absolutely true. You can mix up colors too and, and it, it'll look absolutely great. Lots, lots of money there. Yeah, they are expensive. Sometimes there's an end of the season and you can pick them up a little cheaper, Right. but you have to be a real shopper to be there in time. You know, I used to think a 12-inch pot was big. Mm-hmm. And now it's like that's the tiniest little thing I can imagine. So when I first started gardening, I would get, oh, a 12-inch pot, that's a big one. Now it's like anything less than 20 is nothing. Yeah, I right, mean, seriously, right. when you realize how much soil and how much you want it to grow if you want it to do well. That That's right, especially because we're, we're buying bigger plants now. They have a bigger root on them, and the root has to be able to grow and spread out. You don't want to crowd in your root. So if you've got a nice plant, you want to get it in a good pot with good drainage and good potting soil. So, Barb, let's talk a little bit about holiday plants, because I know it's that time of year. It's, to, by the it way, is, happy yes. December, by the way. Right. And a lot of folks will be buying or getting those poinsettias and things like that. So I'd like to ask you, because I'm terrible with houseplants, and, and so I'd like to ask you, what are your thoughts on getting a poinsettia? I mean, do you use it, I think it's like a, as an annual, a lot of people want to try to continue to keep it right. going. Well, you know, in its native habitat, it grows into a tree. So you can well imagine they keep growing. It's what we love about them is that beautiful red color. And, and to get the right color, you have to have the right conditions, which is uh, 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of sunlight. And a lot of people don't have that. Plus, it's very warm in the house, too, and dry. They like it cool sometimes, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. They don't want a draft. They want a constant temperature. And humidity is really important. And this is true of all of our house plants. They aren't 
like we humans are. We want to be warm and dry and snug, and, and, and they like it just cooler. Anything below 70 degrees is, is very good for them, you know, somewheres in the 60s, yeah. Okay, because I, I know a lot of people get them, or a lot of churches will have them, and then they'll give away afterwards. So here, take this home. <clears throat> it's, and I think a lot of times I just consider it a an annual, more or less. And sure. Therefore, I really don't get them, which is why, because I thought, why throw them away? Sometimes you can buy a smaller poinsettia, and you can make it into a flower arrangement. Oh. And it looks less like a plant, and it looks more like something that you've spent a lot of money on to buy some carnations or some chrysanthemums to go with it. So you leave it in the pot? No, take it out, cut it off, cut it at the bottom, Oh, and and take those stems and make a really nice arrangement. You know, if you put a pot on with the, and it's flowering, put it on your table, and it doesn't really look like anything, even if it's in a nice ceramic pot. But if you Take those blooms, okay. mix them with something else. And particularly if you have arborvitae or evergreens or even junipers, take some of those stems and mix them in. All of a sudden you have a beautiful Christmassy, holiday-looking bouquet, and it looks really, really nice. Some of those, the spruce tops and things are so expensive. I was looking at the cost, and I thought, oh, my goodness. So I went around pruning some of my... My evergreens in the yard, my yew, my junipers, my white pine and uh, arborvitae and all those things. And I've made some really nice Christmas pots with those branches and my, my spruce as well and stuck them in there and on the in the outside and put a little sand in the bottom of a, a container. And then I... That's a good way to go. Yeah. Sand. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the, the cool thing was this year, the crab apples are so abundant. So I just cut some off the tree and I've got these beautiful red apples on there. Yes. And yeah. my junipers have these beautiful blueberries, you know, the the, the little blue sure, berries on there. Sure. So that's what I did this year. Sure. And did you keep these for outside? Yes, they're yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, right. Some of those things, if you bring them in, they get they dry, dry out and they yeah. start... You've got things dropping all over the place. Yeah, needles right, everywhere. Right, yeah. yeah, but I think that's really wise. We had a man come up and trim some of the lower branches on our Colorado blue spruce because they're just notorious for getting brown, and we wanted the ones that were dying. They just didn't look good and seemed like that would be a a hazardous thing. And I thought, okay, so he cuts these off, and and we told him we said, don't bother. We will. We'll haul them to the to the Third Avenue for recycling, and he said fine. And then he loaded them up and he took them with. I was going to keep some of those. Oh, <laughs> so, you know the yeah. short, the off from the branches. Sure. The good. I was going to keep those and make those into outdoor sure. arrangements. Nice. I thought they would, you know, I'd be all set. But they, but they went, and so oh. I guess that's just as well that they went, you know, but. All these plans that you make don't always work right. That's right. Hey, we got a text from Jennifer and Lily. Her daughter, Lily, Lily, I believe, is five years old, and she regularly writes us notes for Albat. She says, hello, ma'am. I'm not sure if you're, you're, you plant gals accept questions on your plant show, but we have one. Well, of course we do. We love questions. Yeah. We started some red kidney beans in a bag full of wet cotton balls as a part of a science experiment. One of the beans is really starting to turn into a plant. It has little leaves busting out. We're emotionally invested at this point, so we just can't let this guy die. Should we plant it in a pot and keep it inside? Would it survive the winter outside in the ground? 
So here we go. And she's, I, I, I'm pretty sure she's in our area, southern Minnesota. So okay. let's talk about what you can do with this little kidney bean plant. Well, you definitely can't put it outside. Now, if it was summer and it was above 70 degrees, you could put it out there, put it, you know, uh, right into the ground, and it would do really well for you. But uh, you're going to have to try and keep it going inside. And like anything, any annual like that, um, it's going to need full sunlight. So if you've got a really uh, southern window, sun, southern exposure, or if you've got grow lights, put it under there. It needs at least 12 hours a day. And put, put <clears throat> it in some new potting soil. Absolutely. And make sure it has drainage under it and keep it moist. And don't put it in a pot that's so big that the water, when you water it, it's going to drain away. The roots have to be in, in contact so that they can take up that moisture. So how big a pot would you say? If she's got a kidney, you know, I've never grown a kidney bean per se. Well, I imagine it's it's one of those really small, what is that, about two inches or three inches. And uh, at least get it in uh, one size bigger than what it's in now. The pot, you mean? She, well, pot. I think it sounds like they just have it in a bag of cotton and it started to, okay. to sprout. Yeah. So in that case, what they might want to do is to use a bigger pot and plant several in there. Like, say, if you had um, oh, something that was maybe about a two-quart or three-quart size and then put maybe six plants in there together. Yeah, and then if they if they start growing really fast, you could always take them out and put them in individual pots. But growing together, they will help each other because they're giving off they're actually giving off humidity, and and that'll keep them nice and healthy because they're using each using the humidity from each other. But you know, when I've tried things as a kid, you know, growing beans or something, they do need that light. If you don't have enough, they're going to start to get really tall and leggy and probably tip because they'll be reaching yeah. for whatever sunlight they can. So if you do have a grow light, I mean, now they actually do sell bulbs that you could put in some sort of a lamp. Sure. You know, put it under yeah, there. just a regular desk lamp. Or yeah, a, but the special bulb that you can get yeah, at any yeah, big store. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And then put it on a timer. Put it on so that it's it's on for 12 hours. Leave it on. And even, I mean, in the daytime, if you're not in the bright sunlight, the lamp, you're going to have to keep that on at least 12 hours. I love that she does these things with her daughter. Her daughter's, I think, like I said, I'm pretty sure Lily is five, but it exposes her to these great things about life. Yeah. I hope Lily is has been exposed to Asiatic lilies, <laughs> or the whole lily family. That is such a fun plant to grow, and the bulbs are big enough so that a child can handle them, and a child can help you dig the hole and plant the bulb in there and cover it up, put up a stake, and put Lily's name on there. And if you've got the name of what type of a lily it is, get that on there too. And hey, how about giving her a little spiral notebook so she can start listing what she planted and the date. She will love you for it when she gets older that she, she and you have this information. Well, you can't plant lilies outside probably now, I don't think. No, no. But spring. No. It's, we'll let you know. You know, spring can be real fickle here. It yeah, can be, true. you can plant sometimes in April and sometimes you have to wait till May. Depends on how fast the soil warms up. 
if Lily needs a gift for Christmas, how about giving her a thermometer for checking the temperature of the soil? Yeah, and she can go around and check, and when it's 60 degrees, she can plant her plants. Yeah, she can, what, 60 degrees, I think, is the temperature with the soil for beans. Not the air temperature, but the soil temperature. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Yep. And I know one of your, your gift ideas for getting someone for Christmas, if you're a garden-type person, you said you mentioned a thermometer. Yep. Yeah, thermometer. It's great. They're so easy. Look for one with a six-inch probe at least, so you can shove it in there. The uh, plants grow in the top six to eight inches of the soil, and you want to be able to measure all the way down so you can see that the roots will be growing in this nice warm soil. What else you got going on, Barb, or think people should know about? Oh, I'm taking care of my house plants. You know, it's, it's their time to be my babies, and I've been moving them around. I have this great south window, but the puppies have kind of taken control. We, ha- we pushed the ottoman up so they could stand on the ottoman and look out the window. Instead, they used it as a stepper to get up into the window, and and they mostly sleep up there. They like the warmth of the sun, too. They do. It's a south-facing, and they just absolutely love it. And at night, oh, my gosh, they love to see the people walking their dogs and, and the car lights. and So they use that window in the daytime, in the nighttime, and there's no place for my plants. <laughs> so so she brought a big mandevilla here to the uh, radio station. We got a big window that she put it in, and it's actually still blooming. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad to hear that, yeah. that it's hanging on. We'll get a couple minutes left, but I told you I'm not very good with, with uh, houseplants at all, and I transplanted my philodendron, which had been in this pot for years and years and would look beautiful. I just kept wrapping it around so it looked like this big mound of leaves. And after I transplanted it, it's in my office, Barb, it looks like it's dying. What did I do wrong? Uh, You know, maybe you severed some of those roots when you were... No, I just took the whole root ball and I plopped it in the other one. And I was surprised because the the length of this thing, if you strung it out, would have been huge. But the root ball was not, it wasn't tight in there. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, usually I would have thought it would have, that's what I thought it must have been probably pot bound, but it was just sort of, meh. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, just watch it. And uh, did you put it directly in the sun or did you, maybe you should keep it away? Oh, from no, it, it's not in the sun, Barb. It's okay. in the same, it's got like the west window below. So it it gets not very, a hmm. lot of light. But yeah. I don't know. what. Uh, it uh, just looks like it's dying. Well, I'll look, when we're done here, you look at it. I will. And it's only, a, it was only like a, about an inch larger pot. So it wasn't like it was too big, but I'm just... I'm just sad because it was so beautiful and it taken so long to get to that point. And you as know, I said, I kill them. <coughs> Excuse me. The philodendron is one of the plants that is recommended as really an easy to grow, Not hardy plant. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I told you I'm terrible with them. I, I don't know what happened there. Also, Boston fern is recommended as well as a dracaena and the Janet Craig and then the rubber plant. Those three are supposed to be the hardiest and easiest to grow, and clean the air in your house the best. So uh, something that takes in all these things that we shouldn't breathe and gives us off oxygen, that's that's what we're looking for here. So I said to Dwayne, I said, I should have let Barb do it. It probably would have been fine. Oh, well, why don't you 
Is it here? It's, it's there. It's here. We'll, we'll, look we'll have to watch it and see if we can bring it back to life. Yes. All right. Thanks, Barb. It's always great to have Barb Lanson, our Master Gardener, joining us every Friday at 935. Thanks for to our listeners for their questions. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, and we're glad to hear that Lily's um, helping her mom garden. Absolutely. Thanks, Jen. We appreciate that.